It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yes, Spencer Pryor joins us to look back at the weekend's English Premier League action. Evening, Spencer. Hello, matey. <laughs> How's New Zealand? How's the preps going for the qualifiers? I've got to tell you, it's been lovely. It, Wellington is very lovely. It's warm. And apparently mm. I've got to take pictures because my mates who used to live here said they'd never seen the sun down here before. <laughs> so the sun is out, mate. You could, it was that hot, you could fry an egg on the back of my neck. That is lovely. <laughs> well, it's always been red, given that you grew up in South End. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, the Manchester derby, if we absolutely must. Uh, a win for United. Uh, but yeah. City, well, obviously I'm going to say this is a blue. I thought we threw it away. To be fair to United, I thought the changes that Eric Ten Hag made uh, changed the game. How did you see it? Have we got to talk about? We've got to talk about the offside goal, haven't we? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's too. On, let's get straight into it because they were in control of the game, and you're right. While there seemed to be a little bit of a shift in tactics, there that absolutely sucked the life out of them. To be honest, yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, Simon, but... Simon, I don't know the offside rule now. Like. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Well, and the official version, tried, the right. official version is, is that because he didn't make a play at the ball, therefore the verdict was onside, passive offside, if you like. Simon, you and I both know, because we're we're both a little bit biased. But we did. If you watched it, he goes to kick it. He fakes. He dummies and leaves it. And Edison's ball, Edison's position. Is affected by that. So okay. he, he set up, he's all set for Rashford hitting it, and he's thinking Rashford's hitting it. So therefore, he is he is affecting the opposition, right? So mm. I, I'm again, I can't, I don't know what, I don't know what the offside rule is, and I don't know what handball is now. So I'm screwed. I'm probably <laughs> going to get sent off as a coach again because I just don't know the rules. Okay, leaving that aside for the moment, um, yeah. let, let's ask you a couple of questions. First of all, are United in this title race? And secondly, where does that leave City? Two rather damaging defeats mm-hmm. in a week. Uh, of course, they lost in the Carabao Cup uh, to Southampton yep. as well. Is there a problem with Guardiola's team at the moment or not? No, I don't think so. I, I, honestly, I don't think so. I thought they actually played really, really well in the game and controlled it for large parts, particularly in the second half the- you know, they deserved the lead. The, 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 the non-goal knocked the stuffing out of them. And as a defender, when that happens, it's, it's really, really hard to recover, especially in an environment like Old Trafford. So, you know, the second goal is a byproduct of what happened just before it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that they're in panic mode. 
But, it, you know, he's, Pep's come out and said they need to be perfect for the rest of the season to catch Arsenal. And that's Man City. Man United have obviously picked up, and I was saying month, like a couple of months before Christmas, how they're really starting to get a bit of momentum back. He's a, you know, since all the stuff's happened with Ronaldo, the team have been getting better and better and better. And it it takes time to implement what he wants to do. They are going to be challenging. I don't think they'll be challenging for the title. I. I I think it's really, you know, Arsenal, it's really Arsenal's to throw away. But they'll be there or thereabouts pushing for the top two or three. Mm. Well, speaking of Arsenal, they uh, they took full advantage with uh, the North London derby win over the Spurs. Um, like you said, it is definitely theirs to, to lose now, surely. Eight-point gap at the top, uh, and they play United next weekend. So they've got a huge couple of weeks, Arsenal, coming up. But... Just on, on the fan kicking out and the goalkeeper as well, I think that was a, a huge talking point and, and proves somewhat that it's not just in Australia where those sorts of things happen. But, mate, just your take on that and, and you know, what happens? Do we get a similar sort of reaction where the, the club faces something? This fan obviously will, will be banned and face something, but just your, your take on the whole thing? Thanks for joining us, Bosky. I think it's one of those where you look and go, it, it, it's not appropriate. It, it is an isolated incident over there. And it, and it will get dealt with appropriately. I mean, people say Ramdale was inciting the crowd, but, I mean, it, 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 he pointed to the badge. I don't think he kissed the badge or did something, but he pointed to it. And as goalkeepers, they often, there's a lot, a lot of banter that will fly about mm. between goalkeepers and the opposition supporters. So, you know what? They were winning the game. They were comfortable. And if, if fans can't deal with the banter, then they shouldn't be giving it. So, mm. from a, you know, that's from, that's from that side. And what it's done is it's really distracted from um, what was an, an, just a, a first-class performance from Arsenal. Totally dominant, completely dominant. Um, from from start to end, and you can you can understand the fans getting frustrated, but taking the action into their own hands and that sort of stuff, it's not appropriate. It's not called for. Mm. Um, you know, you know, Broski is a player, right? The the, the pitch it, it's a safe environment for yeah. players. No one should feel threatened, mm. right? And we've seen the stuff that happened over here. Mm-hmm. And we we can't allow that sort of stuff to happen. And you know what? If it's a one-off and it's dealt with, then that's good. If there's another scenario and it happens again, then I think you start to hold the club accountable and start looking deeper into it. You know, the the difference is, if I can throw my two panathena here between the two countries, that incident obviously has been widely reported in the UK, and rightly so. Um, And that fan uh, should be punished and probably will be. But there will also be two pages in every newspaper on the game itself. And that's the difference here. If that Melbourne derby finishes 1-0 to Melbourne City and there's no incidents in the stands, it's probably a paragraph in the paper. And if the the fans run on the pitch, then it's back page news. Yeah, it's like you said. It it will be over there. It will be news for about a day or two, it will get dealt with and then it will be done. Yep. But 
in the meantime, you still have a real heavy focus on what's going on on the pitch and yep. the football. And it, and it won't be made out to be uh, a game problem, which is always no. the case here. Anyway, let, let's move on from that. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea uh, are going to meet on Saturday. Liverpool have got a cup replay at Wolves before then. Um, Liverpool, I mean, they got belted by Brighton. Jurgen Klopp has promised an overhaul of his squad for next season. Um, it looks like Chelsea are doing the same. Whether Graham Potter will be there to oversee it or not, I'm not sure, but he's, he's spent an awful lot of money in the window already. Both clubs now 10 points adrift of the top four. This is almost a must-win for both clubs at, at the weekend, isn't it? Well, do you know what, right? When, you, when, you go, when you're halfway through the season and you promise an overhaul in the summer... That that has a significant impact on the players mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, right? And it's very rarely a positive impact that the players are going, oh god, better pull my sleeves up and and you know and, and get stuck in. It, it often starts to lead to players then looking elsewhere themselves because you know if I'm going to be leaving, then you want to make sure you've got something lined up. So. That that in itself is a comment. I I, I don't approve of it. Um, if he wanted to strengthen, I'm not sure why he hasn't. He's not going out at Liverpool and strengthening now. Maybe they don't have the resources. I'm not too sure. Well, they're trying to Maybe sell the club, aren't they? They're trying to sell it. Yeah. So and and you know that's the thing is how much do they want to make sure there's cash in the bank that makes it more of an attractive thing rather than having a a serious squad that's super competitive because right now, like, and, and no disrespect to Brighton, but they shouldn't be turning over Liverpool 3 0 at home. And it was an absolute flogging. Mm, it was. Um, on the other side of Merseyside, uh, things looking pretty bleak for Everton and all sorts of things going on off the pitch. Fans stopping the players leaving in their cars. Uh, directors yeah. advised not to attend the game against Fulham, although the police have since said that uh, those reports were not necessarily credible. Uh, they lost at the weekend again. Is Frank Lampard a dead man walking at the moment, do you think? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've said that for a few weeks, that he's, you know, he, he's, his neck will be on the block, right? But the fans are super loyal there to their managers. And, you know, if we remember the celebrations that happened at the end of last season when he, he, was, part, he was partly responsible for keeping them up. And... Fans remember that sort of stuff, but they also remember that the owner was talking about the future plans for the club and growing the club or even selling the club to somebody that really wanted to take it on. And that's not happened. So there's a little bit of the pressure getting taken away off of Frank Lampard at the moment and directed at the owners. And ultimately it does come down to the owners, right? And whether, but, but, when we start talking about is he going to go, is he going to stay, that uncertainty that starts to happen with owners that just hide and bury their head in the sand and don't come out and give clarity and back managers and say he's here to stay, I think that's just, it's not appropriate, it's cowardly. As owners, you are the top people in the clubs, right? And you you might invest a lot of money but, but be brave and come out and, and explain the situation and circumstances. Mm. If Lampard's the man that's going to see him through to the end of the season, put that out there now. That gives him confidence and backing. That also gives the players confidence and backing. 
they'll then know that the manager's there to stay rather than wondering who's coming in in replacing him. So it's, it's a real mess at Everton, yeah. and it has been for a, a quite a while. Um, I just think it's an owner situation rather than a manager one there. Okay, dokie. Uh, elsewhere down at the bottom, West Ham in deep trouble as well. They're in the bottom three after their loss to Wolves. Uh, in terms of form, Wolves and Forest on the improve. West Ham, Everton and Bournemouth uh, all in free fall at the moment. Uh, Spanny, we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time as per usual. And uh, good luck again in New Zealand over the next week. And we'll, uh, we'll speak Thanks, to you next week, mate. mate. See you, mate. Okay, guys. Cheers. That's uh, Spencer Pryor with our Premier League wrap-up.